Welcome back to the My Generation Podcast. This is John. And this is Jack. And we are back after a little bit of absence. Jack went to college. I did indeed go to college. Yes. <laughs> so it's holiday break and yep. we've got him back and we decided we'd talk about our top albums of the year. So that's our plan. We're each going to discuss our top five. But yep. Jack's going to talk for a second about some albums that he really liked that didn't make his list. Yeah, obviously. Um, listened to a lot of music this year. Great year for music, really. Agreed. Um, uh, it's been a really great decade for music, I guess. But um, this year, um, since you know we can only put five on the list, um, I'm just going to briefly run through a couple albums that I want to shout out that almost made the list but didn't. So, um, so much fun by Young Thug, uh, Ginger by Brock Hampton, uh, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. Love really that. Yeah, took that me really by good. surprise this me year. Too. Really me good. Me too. Um, Cause I Love You by Lizzo, another one that took me by surprise. Very me too. good. Awesome. Um, Brain Drops by uh, Tropical Fuckstorm, <laughs> which um, I believe they made my 2018 list. I think they did. Um, when I Have Fears by The Murder Capital. Um, this one came really close, but um, Charlie by Charlie XCX, um, House of Sugar by Sandy Alex G, You Know What I'm Saying by Danny Brown, There Existed an Addiction to Blood by Clipping, Whoa. Um, Leaving Meaning by Swans, Let the Sun Talk by Mavi, uh, Magdalene by FKA Twigs, I Tacoma Hits by Otaboke Beaver, um, this is another one that came really close but didn't. Um, A Quiet Farewell 2016 to 2018 by Slouse and Malone. Um, Bandana by Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. Uh, Schlagenheim by Black Midi. Tears of Joy by Mike. Little Big Man by Maxo. Zoo by Denzel Curry. Flamagra by Flying Lotus. Nothing Great About Britain by Slow Tie, which is a great piece of UK grime rap. If you haven't listened to it, definitely. Go and check it out. Uh, Dog Whistle by Show Me the Body. And finally, Gray Area by Little Sims. Okay, like so I couldn't pick that number of new albums out if I tried. <laughs> it was a struggle getting to five for me. Because <laughs> I basically listened to what you tell me to listen to and then old stuff. So <laughs> I don't have any uh, barely made the list. I'm just going to go with my top five. So why don't That's you perfectly start with, fine. Why don't you start with number five? All right, number five, we have one that I think we both liked pretty mutually. Um, we have Guns by Quelle Chris. And uh, first and foremost, I got to say, I really love the production here. Um, it's clean, it's soulful, but it's it's abstract, but it's still kind of catchy. Yeah. Um, I think it's very impressive, and also the lyrics and the songwriting here are great. It's um, it's a pretty awesome conceptual album about guns and gun violence, and the lyrics can be deep and hard-hitting, but he also kind of cleverly laces some irony and sarcasm into oh, yeah. a bunch of bars. Um, it's a really great piece of jazz rap with um, a dense and well-explored subject matter with great lyricism, some occasional funny bars like... Everyone can get it like Obamacare, which right. was the was hook funny. to that song. I thought that was <laughs> funny. Um, definitely give it a listen if you haven't. Um, some of my favorite songs would be Spray and Pray, um, Guns, Mind Your Business, It's the Law, and Obamacare. Okay, so I really liked this too. I had never heard of him before mm -hmm. you put this on your top five. Uh -huh. 
definitely uh, a deep exploration of a theme. Yeah. Which I love. So this Absolutely. is about guns, Something we gun both violence. Like. Totally. And even maybe some notes of suicide in there, suicide there, by gun. Yeah. Yep. So I think that that was uh, that was really interesting. Definitely kind of ties in with the gun violence sort yeah. of theme. It's very jazzy. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you say that this is influenced by Mad Villainy? Yeah, MF Doom, Mad Villainy, certainly. Um, I, I felt like I heard that a little bit. I'm not for, as versed. No, uh, it certainly is. I mean, the production, um, like kind of the soulful but abstract production is definitely like kind of taking a note from uh, Mad Lib on Mad Villainy and a lot of the, some of the um, uh, delivery by uh, right. Quelle yes. Chris um, definitely has some MF Doom influences. And I've always thought that he kind of had a little bit of an MF Doom inspiration in yeah. him, but um, this album certainly does, and um, yeah, that's a that's a really good um recognition there. Yeah, so so I liked this too. Had never heard of him before. Liked him. Definitely will be on my radar going forward. Yeah, he's pretty great. Um, yeah. hopefully he'll release some new music next year. Always looking forward to a new Quelle Chris release. And his wife is very good too. His right? wife, uh, Jean Grey. Jean yes. Grey. She's right. great. She's phenomenal. Awesome. They came out with a an album together last year, which was really you said good. It was really good. Right? Really good. If you haven't listened to it already, um, everyone go out there, ch- check it out. Quelle Chris, Jean Grey. Yep. Cool. Well, my number five is is probably one of the most interesting mm-hmm. uh, things that I've listened to in a long time. So this is the self titled album by Purple Mountains. Oh yeah. Purple Mountains uh, is basically the expression of uh, David Berman, formerly of mm-hmm. the Silver Jews, and just an amazing, amazing songwriter. Oh, yeah. I, I just thought the the songwriting in this album was really good. The delivery was great. It was powerful uh, in its emotion, and it was made even more powerful. Uh, a month after this album was released, David uh Berman killed himself. Yeah, hung himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not his first attempted at suicide. He was obviously a very troubled guy, um, but man, he could write about sadness and loss and breakup. And um, y- you know, the song "Darkness and Cold" was probably mm-hmm. the one of the songs on this album that really gripped me. It was about the breakup with his wife, and y- you know, there's a video that accompanies it. Yeah. And, and it was starring his wife, and it was about her leaving and uh, going out with somebody else. Very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a brilliant guy, clearly troubled. Um, and I guess in the end, he got tired of drinking margaritas at the mall, which is another one of the songs on this <laughs> yeah, album. That's that a I great really song. Liked. I really like that one. I, I think probably the one other song that I want to mention is I Loved Being My Mother's Son. That's a great one. Unbelievably powerful song. Probably yeah. one of the most powerful songs I've heard in a long time. Yeah, he's got. He's definitely a great writer and lyricist, and I know that's something that you really look at yeah. in music. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that this was one that you certainly liked. Yeah, and, and you know, this makes me kind of sad because mm-hmm. there won't be any more Purple Mountains. And, yeah. And uh, it was the first album, uh, Purple Mountains album, and it's unfortunately the last. So that was my number five of the year. Yeah, um, I this was one that came really close to being on my list, too. Um, I ended up keeping it off uh, also because you wanted to talk about it in right. greater detail. But um, yeah, it's it's really one of the saddest albums of the year, and it was that was really perpetuated by uh, David Berman's uh, suicide. But um, he's a great writer, and I love that this was a little bit of uh, departure from David Berman's um, 
sound with the silver Jews. There was a little bit of like a country and Americana yeah, twang definitely. to it. Definitely. Um, which is something that I know you were interested in Very this year. Very much so. Um, so that, that was cool. Um, and, um, you know, it was all around a great album. And I guess um, if it had to be David Berman's last, at least it was a good one. It, it sure was, was really good. And this will really... Um, uh, David Berman's left uh, a pretty amazing legacy as a writer and a musician. Yeah. If, if you haven't listened to him before... You know, go out and, and download some Silver Jews, download some Purple Mountains. Absolutely. It, it's really good. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. What do you got for number four? Number four. This was one that um took me by surprise. It was uh, Pang by Caroline Polachek. And um, first and foremost, uh, let's start with Caroline's voice. Great she's got, voice. She's got a pretty amazing oh, voice. Yeah. And it works really well as kind of like a focal point for this record. But it doesn't take away from the production which for me was something that was really interesting here. It's clean, it's spacey, and it's really glitchy. Yeah, almost in a way it's glitchy like, it's like, like a like rap a, album. Yeah, it's like almost like we've listened, I've put you on to a lot of glitch hop. Yep. And um, that's kind of, they've, they've done a lot of kind of glitchy pop music right yes, here on yes. this album. And I think that that's, um, that's something that was really interesting to me. I really liked it. It was another thing about um the Charlie XCX album that I really liked too, but I liked it a little bit more on this album. Um, and um, I think that really the best part of this album for me personally was the production. It keeps me coming back. And I just think it's a fantastic art pop album. Yeah. It's experimental. It's it progressive. Orchestral. But, dreamy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah dreamy. And it, it's... But it's still really accessible, yeah. Too like it's not like something that's hard to listen to. Like it's something that you can like sit down and you can listen to it. It's accessible. Um, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, definitely give it a listen if you haven't yet. There's some really great tracks on there. Um, My favorite was Caroline Shut Up. <laughs> you know, it it's it's her talking to herself. Yeah, I mean, and it's uh, it is a really unusual pop song. It's an un, it's an unusual album, but yeah. I think it's I think it's great. I think there was so much great pop music this year. Yeah, there and this was this was unusual pop music. It and was that's unusual. what I liked about it. Yeah, it was you unusual. Know, it was a little bit different. This was a phenomenal year for pop music. I think that there's a lot of great pop singers that are really pushing the boundaries and i think that caroline polachek is one of them that is leading the way for pop music in the 2020s and i can't wait to hear something more from her yeah i'm anxious to hear what else comes oh yeah all right let's hear what you got next i got bruce 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 so anybody who knows me knows i am a huge bruce springsteen fan really yes i actually am would have known but here's what I'll tell you about my Bruce Springsteen love, which is that I am a lover of Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. I have not always loved his solo projects. That's very fair. I think that that's um, pretty common. I think sometimes his solo projects are boring. They can be. The Seeger Sessions, boring. Mm -hmm. I, I just couldn't get into it. But this is a solo project that I loved from the minute I heard it. Uh -huh. I've probably listened to the album all the way through a hundred times this year. <laughs> Um, I keep going back to it. Uh, I love it. And what I think I liked most about it, you know, the whole term songwriting is going to come up over and sure. over throughout this podcast, but the songwriting on it is great. Yeah. The songwriting specifically lyrically, lyrically yeah, I think is the most interesting totally. thing to me. This is a very character-driven 
album, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. It's definitely this Western theme, mm-hmm. but the characters on this album are incredibly interesting. Totally. Kind of, you know, different, uh, but the same. I, I'm not exactly sure how to articulate it any differently than that. Different people from different parts of life. Uh, I really liked every song. I think some of the um, the songs I liked the most were "There Go My Mir- There Goes My Miracle." Sleepy Joe's Cafe and Drive Fast mm-hmm. are particular favorites. You know, I liked everything about it, but the one thing that I've read that's kind of a knock on it is sometimes it's overproduced. Yeah. You know, you hear something like There Goes My Miracle and it almost sounds like Phil Spector cut this thing. You, you know, yeah. it, it was kind of big and orchestral. And, and some of the other songs are kind of stripped down and uh, and more simple. I think that an album is good that has some something for everybody. And I think yeah. this album has that. There are some songs that you're really going to like, some maybe you don't like as much, but at least everything was interesting. And I think that mm-hmm. this is not just a collection of songs. This is an album yeah. that, that's meant to be listened to from start to finish. Totally. Um, I think it was definitely an interesting dive into some Americana music. And while I think the lyrics are generally really good, um, I think the only thing that really deters me from this album is what you just spoke about with some of the production and the instrumentals. Yeah. On a lot of the songs, I felt like, eh, it's kind of plain, but there was, um, like, kind of a, there was a few songs where I'm like, ah, they're kind of overdoing it. It, I think that, um, I think that this really had the potential to be a really great album. And I think that still, as is, it's a really good album. But I think that the only thing that really deters me from being like, super fan of it is some little issues i have with instrumentals and stuff but i think yeah. it's still fair to say you know bruce street bruce springsteen's always better with the e street band however i do think that this for a solo bruce springsteen effort bruce springsteen effort it's really good um i generally really like it um yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a whole lot well, I thought it was great. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether the E Street Band plays any of these songs the next time they yeah, go out. I'll, totally. I'll be really interested to see that. But mm-hmm. I thought it was solid. I thought the characters were interesting. I thought the stories were interesting. Great writing. So, If I recall correctly, I think that Bruce Springsteen has an album coming out with the E Street Band some point soon. Yeah, I've heard that. So, yeah, yeah, I think so. That's that's, true. that's definitely something to keep an eye out for, for yeah, sure. You, you know, the one last and thing. Yeah, I'll I'm, be I'll be interested to see if he'll stay in this direction right. with them. The last thing I want to say about uh-huh. this is he didn't tour behind this album. He released a movie. Yeah, I saw that he released so a kind film of, that went along a film with it. that yeah. kind of went in lieu of touring, uh-huh. which I thought was that's a really interesting. interesting concept. That's totally interesting. All right, what do you got for number three? Number three, I have Morbid Stuff by Pup, and um. To me, this was a really exciting album, and Pup really pushes the boundaries of what people think of of pop punk that, of, as a genre. Yeah, um, Pup experiments with elements of hardcore punk and metal, which I think really works for them. But they also stay in touch with some of the like the pop punk and punk roots, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, Many of the lyrics are super dark to super an all, dark. but almost to like a comical and cartoonish extent yeah, on many occasions. I hadn't thought of that. Um one of the most notable lyrics regard is regarding um hoping that the world will explode simply because he saw his ex-girlfriend at the supermarket. Right. I mean, I think that that's just hilarious, and I think that really kind of drives the point that it was supposed to be dark to an almost comical point. Um but um, I think that it's it's kind of funny, generally, how dark the lyrics are in contrast with the brighter instrumentals. Yeah, the upbeat music. Um, 
not to say that this is really a fully bright and poppy album. Like there's there's some dark spots, like oh, yeah. full blown meltdown, which yeah. is pretty much just a metal song at that point. Um, it's um all in all, this album it's a lot of fun to listen to. I think um it's funny. The instrumentals are cool. Um, it's certainly not the world's most original thing. Um, I know that Jeff Rosenstock was pretty involved in some of the songwriting and some of the tweaks to the instrumentals. Um, he's another pop punk artist that I'm a big, big fan of. Yours, yeah. Um, but I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, this album was, yeah. uh, kind of explored anger and depression. Totally. W- with a kind of a pop punk beat. Yeah. And, it was really, uh, it was really cool. Yeah. My favorite song on this, uh, I thought was really cool called free at last. It's a good one. And you know, before the song was released to the public, they released the lyrics and the bass chords. They this did. Thing. And then they, the, the YouTube music video. Yeah. Which was they had really people. Cool. Yeah. They had yeah. people kind of try to figure out what the song would sound like. Uh-huh. And some of the versions were God awful. Some of them were God awful. Some um, of them were pretty Some good. were operatic, some were speed um, metal. Some, I mean, it that, was all um, over the, Place. There was the kid from uh the kid from Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, Mikey. He, um he uh did um, he did a version, did a version of cool. it. And he's been involved with the band a little bit. He's done a few music music videos for them. Yeah. But I, I digress. It was I thought that was a really cool thing for I the band to do. I thought it was a do. cool idea. And, and, you know, there's a line in that song that kind of, uh, I, I think, characterizes this whole album. And, and it's kind of a sad theme, which is mm-hmm. just because you're sad again doesn't make you special. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. that's, this album is kind of special mm-hmm. just by mixing anger, depression, sadness yeah. with an upbeat tempo. Yeah, just with this upbeat killer tempo that's yeah. always just coming at you. Absolutely. Yeah, so I thought that was a really interesting. It was an interesting one for sure. Yeah, so my number three mm-hmm. is the self-titled album by High Women. Oh yeah, and High Women. Uh, I'm not a huge country fan, but you know, this Americana thing really got me this year. Uh, they're a super group. It's uh, Brandy Carlisle, Maren Morris, Natalie Hemby, and Amanda Shires, uh, who each have tremendous uh, careers in the country music genre. It's kind of a female homage to the Highwaymen, which yep. was a country supergroup back in the, I think, in the 80s, uh, composed of Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, Waylon Jennings, and Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, this was so interesting because uh, stereotypes were certainly broken in country music, uh, yeah. e- even for somebody like me who doesn't know a whole lot about country. I, I mean, there's a song called If She Ever Leaves Me. Which is basically a gay-themed country song. Yeah, you, which, you know, you don't hear that a whole lot, yeah. and uh, it, it, but it was really good without mm-hmm. being like gimmicky. Yeah, that was that was one of my big things about this album because initially going in just with the name, the High Women, yeah. I I thought I was like, okay, this is gonna be gimmicky as hell, right? Because you know, it's obviously a play on the name, the Highway Men, um, but. It wasn't gimmicky. I thought it was. They stayed really true to um, the the influences of you know seventies and eighties country music, yeah. and I thought that this album was a really interesting breath of fresh air. Great songwriting. In, um, oh yeah, great songwriting. Yeah. But it was it was a great breath of fresh air in the country music landscape right now. Since you know, not to speak too generally, but country music is so obsessed with this you know, pop country movement that's happening right now. Very male-dominated, Male-dominated, right? but I, I totally, like, if I have to be completely honest, 
I am not at all a fan of this pop country right. movement, and I know that a lot of you know diehard country fans aren't either, and right. would hesitate to say that a lot of country music releasing today is even country music. Right, it's so, more pop than yeah, it's yeah. more pop. And um, but I I think that this stayed really true to seventies and eighties country music, which is what it was inspired by. And overall, I really enjoyed it, and it was pleasantly surprising, and I think this is a really versatile group. It really is. Uh, great talent. Um, the, the hit, the, the song that was the designed hit is Redesigning Women, which I think is really mm-hmm. good. But there are two songs on here that I think were just home runs that haven't gotten the same amount of attention. One is called Cocktail in a Song. Mm-hmm which is just a really emotional song about the loss of uh, of somebody's father. And uh, The Wheels of Laredo, I thought, was just an, an incredible song. So uh, check this out. This is a really good album. Totally. Very, very strong songwriting. Oh, yeah. Front to back. All right. Let's, All right. What do you um, got for two? Let's move on to number two. We got All My Heroes Are Cornballs by JPEG Mafia. Peggy. The boy Peggy is back a year later with what I would say is another classic and um, a fantastic follow-up to his 2018 album Veteran. Um, from the get-go, it's easy to tell that um, Peggy wanted to take this in a totally different direction. Um, the production here is less abrasive to a point where it's smooth and much more melodic yes, of course that that's comparative to his standards because right. there's not it's not smooth and melodic but it's smooth and melodic compared to what he's done in the past it's a lot less shocking than veteran <laughs> yeah it's a lot less shocking um uh, there's a lot of singing on this album yep. from peggy and um i think he pulls it off pretty well yeah. for the most part um and it's kind of an interesting change of pace um I think one thing is there isn't really an overarching subject no. um, to this album, but I still think it feels cohesive, and um, it's a really great album. I think it's really funny because it's all it's laced with his you know signature witty sense of humor and irony and sarcasm all over the place, um, including the song specifically JPEG Mafia type beat which works as the intro for the next song Grimy Waifu which is phenomenal really but good. on on JPEG Mafia type beat he takes um a sample from the band Atari Teenage Riot and pitches it down and puts over this ridiculous blaring industrial beat and he screams over it almost to a point where it sounds like a death grip song like a really hardcore really death grip song and I think that, that was the point that he was making. He wanted it to sound like a Death Grip song, especially because he gets that comparison all the time. Yeah. Even though, to my extent of knowledge, I'm a huge Death Grip fan. I'm a, few, I'm a huge JPEG Mafia fan. They sound nothing alike. I love them both, but they don't sound the same. And he said that openly. He doesn't like that comparison. And I think that he just wanted to make a funny joke, you know, kind of making himself sound like death grips and i think that's hilarious i think it's also a little bit of attack on the youtube type beat culture which i think is really funny um but some of the other great songs on here of course are grimy waifu prone free the frail basic bitch tear gas um jesus forgive me i am a thought and beta male strategies 
the song titles on this album are hilarious. Oh, yeah. My favorite, I think, was Rap Grows Old. And Mm -hmm. uh, I really appreciate a song that can uh, include references to Batman, Bane, Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, and Bobby Brown. Of course. All all in in the same song. song. (laughs) So uh, I'm not sure that I understand all of his references, but, you know, Rap Grows Old, I kind of got most of those. I think, yeah, that's a funny one. That's a good one. That was good. So, you, you know, I was... I was shocked by Veteran. You know, when you first brought yeah. Veteran to me, I was like, what the hell is this? And, and so the kind of shock value of it uh, was really good. For, for me, you, you know, I liked this. It wasn't my favorite of the ones that you brought this year. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's because I wasn't shocked by it. I was expecting yeah. to be shocked. Mm-hmm. And, and what came across ended up being, you, you know, just a solid musical album. Yeah. Where you know I would have described veteran as more kind of noise, um, interesting sounds. Mm-hmm. This was just more of what I would expect from a yeah. good rap album. So mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much, or maybe I wasn't as shocked as much. Yeah, totally. A- as I was, I with totally veteran. understand that. Yeah, this is not. I don't like this album as much as veteran. I still think veteran is is a little bit superior to this, but I I still think that. The direction the JPEG Mafia is going in, I think that he has the opportunity to be a a staple in underground music and music in general for the next you know ten years, whatever. He's certainly one of the most interesting oh, artists absolutely. out there, and I still have tremendous respect for him. I, I mean, he's a very educated man. He's a mm-hmm. veteran of the armed forces, you know, and he's he's original. He's interesting, so I really absolutely. like him. I just didn't like this as much as some of the other things. totally. So my number two is from one of my favorite groups of all time. That's Tedeschi Trucks. The name of the album is Signs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tedeschi Trucks, for those who don't know, is a husband and wife-led band, uh, Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks. Susan Tedeschi has one of the great voices in rock blues music that you'll ever hear, and Derek Trucks is a virtuoso guitar player. Um, and this album holds form there. I mean, her voice is incredible. The songwriting is really solid. The one thing that I really noticed about this is, is as I said, uh, Derek Trucks is a virtuoso guitar player. This was more of a band album than several of their other yeah. things that I've listened to that have been very, you know, guitar heavy. When I went to listen to this, I expected to hear Derek's guitar really kind of well. This was more of a, I think they have like a 12-piece band. It's an incredible band. And this was more band-centric than some of the things that I've heard in the past from them. And I really liked that. Sure. What did you think? Yeah, um, I thought it was a pretty cool blend of uh, rock and blues, but also they had some some soul and gospel kind of yeah. influences in there at some point. And um, I think it still kind of has this way about it of staying pretty fun, even though there are definitely some sadder moments on yeah. here. Um I read that there was some some, tra- some tragedy in the band and in the family um, yeah. during the making of this album. Not exactly sure uh, what happened there. Um, but um, yeah, they do manage to keep it pretty light overall, like instrumentally and stuff, even though there's some points where it's a little bit sadder than yeah. others. Yeah, because um, you're used to a real upbeat. Yeah, you know, totally. Kind of thing. Absolutely. But, but they, they are at their core, you, you know, a blues band as totally. well. Totally, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you expect to see, hear some of that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the song that, uh, that really stood out on this album to me, and it's one of the songs that stood out to me for the whole year, 
Um, you know, having just said that this is very much of a band album and mm-hmm. not a, a Derek guitar album, um, the song The Ending is basically a duet between Derek and Susan. Derek on an acoustic guitar, very simple, and yeah. Susan's beautiful voice. Um, it, it is one of the best songs that I heard all year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just really think this was a solid, solid album. I, uh, I also liked, um, the song Signs in Strength and What Remains, mm-hmm. uh, two other songs that I thought were just great. Yeah. It's a really good album. It's not, uh, it's not entirely my thing, yeah. but, um, I, I respect the hell out of it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good things going on there. Um, I, I like I like what they're doing. Yeah, Mom and I are going to be on. spending Valentine's Day at the Warner Theater seeing Tedeschi Trucks. That's so pretty awesome. Pretty excited about that. So what do you got for number one, Jack? Uh, I think this one might be kind of predictable for me if you've been listening. <laughs> but um, it's going to be Igor by Tyler, the Creator. Um, I don't know if there's anything more I can really say about this album that I already haven't said. But... Um, this album is so great. Uh, it's really a total 180 for Tyler. Um, although he was kind of moving in this direction on Flower Boy, I, I wouldn't have predicted, and I don't think anyone would have predicted that he would go full 80s synth-pop-influenced neo-soul on his next project. It was awesome. Um, it just works so well for him. He's I totally got this, agree. He, he tries this thing with the, the high-pitched voice and the kind of cartoony vocals that might be off-putting for a few people, but I think it's really fun and really interesting. Um, probably the best breakup album of the year and one of the best of the decade for sure. It's definitely um, got a breakup theme. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The subject goes really in-depth about like a failing relationship, yeah. and as it's ending in the aftermath of the relationship, um, I, I mean, I listen to this album all the time, and I, I really recommend it. It's it's really hard to pick like some favorite songs here, but um, but if I had to, I guess I would say Earthquake, Igor. Was theme. was that written for Justin Bieber? Did I hear that right? Earthquake was written for Justin Bieber it was originally. Written, it was written for um, it was written for a couple people. I think it was Justin Bieber, maybe Rihanna was in there at right. one point. He was writing music for other people, and Earthquake was one of them that just never Can you got picked that up. Imagine that as a Justin Bieber song. I, I, just I don't wouldn't think it would be work. able to. I don't. Th- I, it doesn't work, and I think that. Earthquake works really well with him yeah. as the main vocals, and I love the Playboy Cardi feature. Yep. Really disappointed that Playboy Cardi didn't drop anything this year because I love him so much, but oh my <laughs> goodness, I'll, I'm not going to get onto that topic. But I also love the song Puppet, I Think, New Magic Wand, A Boy is a Gun, Gone Gone slash Thank You, and Are We Still Friends? Are oh, We Still Friends is the last song on the album, Are We right? Still Friends is the Really last powerful one. way to oh, yeah. end a breakup album, totally. I think. I, I mean, I know that was intentional. I totally. know that was by design, and I think it was really smart. I think, yeah, it was great. Um, this, this is another album that it really makes so much more sense if you listen to it in all its the entirety, way from start in to its finish. entirety. It starts with Igor's theme, right? It starts with Igor's which, theme. Which didn't catch which, um, my attention the last time we talked about yeah, this, but, it's but really that's good. a really good song. It's, um, it's Little Uzi Vert that's doing no. a lot of the vocals on that. Is yeah. it really? He's singing on it, which is kind yeah. of strange. But um, I, I think it works pretty well. Yeah, um, the, the features aren't listed on the tracks, yeah. but... If you if you look if you know your you, stuff, yeah, you can tell. Yeah. Totally. But um I thought it was a great, great album. It's such a great album. I listen to it some of it pretty much every day. It's phenomenal. I love Tyler the Creator. He's all he's been one of my favorite artists for a long time. Obsessed with Odd Future in middle school. You know, I was that kid. But um 
he he just pulled off something amazing here. He dropped a couple tracks this week, which I also think were really good. And I'm oh, really good. looking forward to what he's going to do next. Awesome. Well, I'm going to say thank you as a start to my, as a lead into my number one <laughs> here, because I had never heard this band before you said, hey, dad, let's go see this show. So you and I went and saw Fontaine's DC uh, down in Washington, yeah, DC, where they opened over up the for summer, idols. Where yep. they opened, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely um, phenomenal. You are crazy about idols, and I like idols very mm-hmm. much. But the takeaway for me was Fontaine's DC. Totally. And the album Dog Roll is probably the most exciting album of the year for me. Yeah. Um, you, you know, some could possibly say there are better technically, you know, albums out there, but none were more exciting totally. than this to me. Um, it, that was reinforced by the fact that they were awesome live. They were awesome live. I, I mean, so energetic. They were really cool. And, um, you, you know, one of the things that I love is that the lead singer, whose name I believe is pronounced Grian Chatton. Uh, they're Irish. So. They're Irish. <laughs> well, you know, he doesn't attempt to hide where he's from. No. He and, and I mean, definitely he is doesn't. full in your face Irish accent. He's Irish and he's not sorry and about it. And he's not sorry about it. And you know what? I, you know, rock and pop singers have always kind of covered any flaws in their yeah. voice, and, and he is full in your face. This is who I am, and I really, really respect that. Totally. Um, the name of the band uh, is derived. I also love this. is is a nod to Johnny Fontaine, the fictional singer in the Godfather movies, mm-hmm. and uh, in DC, of course, stands for Dublin City, which is where they're from. Um, this is a super energetic two. Rocking guitars, mm-hmm. bass, drums, and great voice. Um, yeah. This is the most exciting album of the year for me. There's three songs that I listen to maybe in daily rotation these days. Boys in a Better Land, of course, is the most well-known I know song. you love that one. Love that. Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell is phenomenal. And you know what? I really like that song. Sha 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 is a really interesting song uh-huh. to me because you know what I hear? What when do you I, hear? I hear London calling. Yeah. Whenever I hear that song, I can't help but just kind of underneath of it all yeah. hear one of my favorite songs of all time, London Calling by The Clash. Yeah. I mean, before I really get into this, uh, London Calling by The Clash is the most in one of the most influential albums, not only in punk music, but in, in, in music in, in, music in yeah. general. Yeah. I mean, The Clash did something great there, but we, I could talk about that for hours, but I won't. Tell um, me what you thought of this. This album is really good. Um, Fontaine's DC, obviously, this is their debut album. So was I expecting anything crazy original? No, not really. Um, I think that for the most part, this is pretty like, this is what you'd expect from a post-punk album. But I think they do it very, very well. So well. I think they do it very, very well. And I think that bearing in mind that this is a debut album... There's if they're starting at this point, there's there's so there's so many places they could go from here. I just hope that they don't peak with their first. I don't think they I don't will. think they will either. I, but. I really don't think they will. I think that they've started at a place where they have so much room to grow. Because if so I'm be, if I'm being honest, I don't think this is the most original album nope. of all time. It's I, I don't want to say it's boilerplate for post punk, but it's it's not it's not the most original thing and i think that being 
it being a debut album, I think that that's forgivable. And I think that they have so much room to grow, especially because they have so much raw talent yeah. on display. Here. I just loved it. I, I don't care that it's not the most original. Oh, totally. I, I think the songwriting's super the cool. Songwriting's great. I, I think the musicality is mm-hmm. great. Totally. Every song's got a great beat. It was, for me, the best album of the year. Totally. Super exciting. And I I'm really it. grateful that they you shared it with They were so me. great to see live. Yeah. I loved Idols live. I loved both of them. It was a great tour. They were all so cool. Yeah. All the guys were super nice. I met um, I met a couple of them when I was buying merch. Merch, yeah. They I were met, selling met, their own merch. Yeah, I met a couple of the guys from Fontaine's. I met a couple of the guys from Idols. All super nice guys. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see I can't where wait, they yeah. go from here. Because they've started at such a solid level. Yeah. So that's 2019. We that's got 2020 tw- to come. What do you expect? Do you expect big things in 2020? I do expect big things in 2020. Of course, it's the it's the beginning of a new decade. So hopefully, we started off with a bang. I felt like this year was kind of slow to begin with, but there was a lot oh, of yeah. great stuff oh, yeah. that came at the back end. Right. So hopefully, they they keep going on into 2020, and um, I am so interested to see where music goes in the next 10 years. What the roaring 20s are going to look like. What's it going to look like? I mean, uh, obviously 2019 and all of the 2010s were just engulfed by, um, by rap music and in the late, in the latter end of uh, the The teens, teens, we had this trap obsession that I thought ended up being pretty interesting. Um, I can't wait to see where we are. Not only next year, but 10 years in the future. Okay, well, I'm excited about it, too. And all right, so you're off to college again in another couple of weeks. We're going to try to get one more podcast in right before you go back to school. Stay tuned. There's going to be probably one more big episode where I count down the worst albums of uh, 2019 (laughs) and also uh, the best albums of the decade. And when I say best, I really should say my favorite and the ones that are going to Stick around with me. What I think when I think back at the 2010s here. Right. So that's gonna be a heavy Jack episode. It's gonna be a Jack so heavy John. episode. Um, you but can, I'll be here to comment. You'll be here. You'll comment. I'll throw a bar um, in once in a while. Totally. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining. Thank us you very much on my generation podcast. <laughs>